No? We've got any volume out there. I love volume. I love our church. I love the uh, being grassroots and real. We actually believe that when Jesus saves, he actually saves. Do you know that that word Hosanna, do you know what that means? Save now. And Jesus rode into Jerusalem and they're throwing palm branches down. They thought he'd come as the king and he was going to deliver them from the Romans. And they go, Hosanna, Hosanna, save now. And he did. He went right to the cross to save us. Not quite the way they thought it was going to be. And perhaps the service here at Excite doesn't go quite the way you think it's going to go each Sunday. But that's all right. Because the Lord is here. And he wants to provide salvation for you right now. Hallelujah. I love what Ruth preached about last week. Stop. Because we're doing the stop and go series. Stop. That's a good word. Stop. Stop. Let go. That's a good word. Let God. Isn't that good? In life, we need to stop, let go, and let God. And then just let God. And then just let God and let God. And she brought that from Ruth in the Old Testament. There was Ruth and there was Orpha. And they were down in the land of Moab and their husbands died there. And, and uh, Elimelech, uh, Naomi's husband, because they were her two daughters-in-law. And then they headed back to their own land. Naomi was going to head back and they wanted to go with her. But Orpha went back. But Ruth stopped. She considered the future and she let go of her own people, her own country. She let go of all her past and the history. And she let God. And she went with God. And eventually she, be, she married Boaz and and was part of the lineage that came right down to Christ through King David and so on. Amazing. A woman from Moab. This morning, God wants you to stop, let go, and let God. Amen. Father, we just thank you for your word this morning. We believe it, we receive it, and we just pray that you'd lead by your spirit today and that you'd minister to each one of our hearts personally, we pray in Jesus' name for his glory. Amen. So the gospel is a wonderful thing, the good news of salvation, that Jesus has died for us. And in him, each one of us has died. That he, that when we start reading the truth of God's word, we find out that God had chosen us in him from before the foundation of the world. And you might, when we start reasoning in our puny little pea brain minds, <laughs> I think I speak for most of us here. <laughs> we start to think, well, how, how come I wasn't there? And why didn't God, our dad, consult us and just see if we were actually in favor of this? But the gospel's amazing because it's all about what God has done for us. It's good news. And we weren't there with our little pea brain minds to actually interrupt or mess up what God was doing. And he's done it fully, and it's good news that Christ died for our sins. He was buried. He rose again the third day. He's been received up in glory. He is the King of kings and Lord of lords. And to as many as receive him, to them gives he the right or the power to become the sons of God, even to those that believe in his name. Praise God. Now, we're going to read in um, Romans chapter 6. I just love Romans chapter 6. I love Romans. And I love the whole word because it comes alive. And I just love grassroots Christianity that actually takes God at his word and believes it and actually believes what we sing. And we get into it because it's real and it's, it's alive. It's not a dead form of religion. The world hates religion. Man-centered ideas and deadness. They hate it, but they love something that's alive. Are you in Romans chapter 6? In, in verse 4, we're reading about baptism. And baptism is a good thing because there again, 
It's symbolic of the death and the burial and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's declaring in our baptism that I have died with Christ, that I've risen with Christ. I've been buried with Christ, sorry, and I'm risen with Christ. Great news. Because God has done that for me two days ago. Remember, a day is with the Lord is a thousand years. A thousand years is, is one day. Two days ago, in God's mind, He provided salvation so that you could enjoy it right now. Right now. Stop. Let go and let God. Just stop all that stuff you've been going on with for so long. Let it all go. All that stuff, that turmoil that goes on in here, stop it. Let go. Let God. Okay, we're going to talk about three things. The first thing is facts. Romans chapter 6, let's read that. Verse 5, we've just finished talking about baptism. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, that's baptism, certainly we also should be in the likeness of his resurrection. That's Jesus' resurrection. Knowing this, say knowing this. That's good. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him two days ago. That the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. Now, as we always preach here about sin, we don't always preach about sin, we preach Christ. But when we speak about sin, we say it's selfishness. It's living from self, living from here, living from, it's all about me. That's sin. That's sin. Being selfish. Man is born a selfish creature. But here we have some facts, and the fact is, Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him. The old Paul was crucified with Christ. That's a fact. Knowing it, I know it. Nothing's going to convince me otherwise because this is the word of God. So we've got the facts. It's final. It's once and for all. It's done. This is a fact. When I went to school, when I was in the primers, I got told that two plus two equaled four. But then one day they brought out all those little tiny blocks, you know, Single-digit blocks, 5, 10, a big cube that was 100, 10 by 10. Remember that? I don't know. Some of you might be old enough to remember that. And then we're able to put two blocks here and two blocks there and bring them together, and then we could count one, two, three, four. I got told it was a fact, but then I came to see for myself that it was a fact. Do you know, it is a fact. What does it say? It's knowing this that our old man was crucified with Christ. The old Paul, he's been crucified with Christ. The old Ruth, the old Dave, the old man. That whole syndrome that was handed down from generation to generation has been dealt with once and for all in our Lord Jesus Christ. Knowing this, facts. You need to build your life on facts, but it's not only that there's just facts. Facts are good. There are two great facts, actually. I just want to tell you before I move on. Two, two of the greatest facts are in history that we read in the Word are that all our sins are dealt with in the blood of Christ. Past, present, future. Otherwise, the sin bearer, when he died on the cross, would have still be dead today if he didn't completely deal with the whole thing that God sent him to deal with, the whole question of our sin. Past, present, and future. One of the greatest facts of history is that all our sins are dealt with by the blood of Christ. And another is that we ourselves 
are dealt with by the cross of Christ. The sins are dealt with by the blood of Christ. The old order of man is dealt with. The old man is dealt with by the cross of Christ. Have you got that? Those are great facts. Great facts. Facts. Number one. Number two, faith. Romans chapter 6, verse 11 and 12, it says, Likewise, or you also reckon. Say reckon. So you're knowing. You said knowing before. Now you're saying reckoning. Let's just say that again. Reckon. That's good. Reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Where? In Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in its lusts. Faith is reckoning. We have the facts, then we believe it. Faith comes by hearing the facts and hearing by the Word of God, and then we believe it, that's faith. Faith. But you know, my brother and sister in Christ, we don't want to fall into the trap of overemphasizing faith. Faith is just simply my acceptance of God's facts, or God's reality. And when we come to the Word, we read about God's reality, not about our reality, or what we feel or think, or what we're going through. In life. Unless we know for a fact that we are dead with Christ, the more we reckon it, the more intense struggle we'll have as a result, and the result will be defeat. If we don't know the facts, we will try to reckon by faith that we have died, and we will struggle in life, and you'll be disappointed. And then you'll feel defeated. And how many so-called Christians have done that? I tried that, tried Christianity, gone away. But it was all about them. They didn't know the facts about what's been done. Yeah? See, there was a time in my life when I had a revelation from God, from His Spirit, from His Word, that my death was a thing of the past. No longer do I look forward to death. Jesus said, He that believes in me shall never die. Did you know that? My death was a thing of the past. I died with Christ. What's, just trying to think of Galatians 2 verse 20. Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Uh, but yet not I. It's not me. It's Christ that lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Facts, faith, now Feelings. Third thing, or your experience in life. That's the third thing. Verse 13 of Romans 6. And do not present or yield your members. Say, yield. Yeah, well, you're not to yield. Don't present or yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin. Don't let sin take control in your body. Come back to the facts. But present yourselves to God being alive from the dead. See, the old man doesn't want to have anything to do with God. Adam, when he sinned in the garden, he went and hid himself. But as alive from the dead, in Christ, the new creature, we just love our God and we love to enter into his presence and we feel totally accepted in our God and we come before him with praise and worship and we don't feel less than because we know that we are a new creature in Christ. Old things are passed away 
and behold, all things are new. That's the facts. That's God's facts, God's reality. I choose his reality rather than Paul's reality. What about you, my friend? What about you? So, um, alive from the dead, yeah. And then in verse 14, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. God's favor. That's why we're a grace-speaking church. We're not under law. We don't preach law. You should and you shouldn't. And you need to have more faith. You know, we don't go around doing that sort of stuff, or I hope we don't. But we preach the grace of our, our Lord God. His undeserved favor towards us through our Lord Jesus Christ. The first one was facts, faith, and then feelings, our experience. And I want to illustrate this with this lamp here. Has anyone got a tissue or something? Ruth, you could come up and help me here, darling. Here's a beautiful, this lovely shrine thing looks very holy. This is a beautiful holy thing, although it's got a stain on it. Okay. But anyway, this is a light representing you. Perhaps it's representing our experience in life. Sometimes we feel that we've lost our glow or that life's tough or that we're going through the valley and we need to start polishing it up. Ladies are good at this. Come on, Ruth. Every morning putting the makeup. No, just joking. You know, if we polish it up, if we change the conditions on the outside, you need to polish it more than that. Who remembers those old lights? I know when I was a boy on the street, they'd be red and green and they'd be flashing outside shops, you know, all different colors. Maybe we should paint it, change it, get it to glow. You see, this is all about our, how do you feel? I don't feel good. I feel sick. I feel that people don't care about me. I feel. It's all about my feelings. You can concentrate on your feelings, your experience in life, and it'll make no difference. It'll be a downward spiral because you're missing the facts. But then, you've, then you start to realize that maybe there's something that connects our experience with the facts, like a cord. And, and, and that's faith. Because, you see, man always comes backwards. I started off with facts, faith, and feelings. Now we're going feelings. A lot of people caught up with their feelings and their experience in life, but God just says, stop, let go, forget about that. So we'll come back the reverse way. Now we've got the faith. But the light's still not going. So you concentrate on faith and you're saying, well, we need more faith, more faith. And no matter how much faith you keep gaining faith, and I need to believe more. Maybe it's my faith. I'm not healed because I'm, I haven't got faith or I'm not getting provided for. I'm struggling in life because I haven't got enough faith. That's not going to change it. You can concentrate on your feelings or your experience or you can concentrate on faith and that's not going to change things. Or you can come back to the fact that Jesus is the light of the world. You know, it's only a very, very small amount of faith that's needed. When you plug in electricity, have you looked at those great big pylons that come up from way down south and, uh, of Whangarei and, and, and they light up the whole city? Those little tiny wires can have so much power Jesus said, if you have faith like the grain of a mustard seed, you're about to remove mountains. You don't need much faith. But you need to be plugged into the facts. And, when, and the fact is that Jesus is the truth. And he's the way. He's the life. It's all in him. We need to come back to the facts of the word of God, and that turns the light on. You see what I mean? If you're trying to just concentrate on your feelings, and you're coming along here to get, feel better, well, we're just going to tell you, stop. Let go. 
let God. Because he's already done the deal. Yeah? Is it making any sense? <laughs> Sometimes, look, honestly, we go through trials in our family. I go through trials in my life, in my business. That's fine. That's the normal life, trials, tribulations. Sometimes you wonder, why doesn't God step into our situation and just change everything? Why doesn't he just change the trials we're going through? It almost seems like he's giving us the silent treatment. And yet that's exactly what the teacher did at school when we went to school, when we were taking a test or an exam. She was silent. And God's giving us an opportunity to grow here, to stop, to let go and let God to come back to the facts, to search out the truth for ourselves. And I encourage you, get back to the Word. If you think you can get by without coming to the Word of God and you'll be a glowing Christian, well, think again. You need to come back for revelation of the facts of what God has done. You need to come back time and time again and grow and feed upon the living bread because He is the Word. He is the Word. Our Lord, the one that we delight in, He's the Word. Don't go a day without meditating or feeding on the Word. Otherwise, you'll lose your glow. You'll stop shining. But your glow is not your glow, it's his glow. Don't forget that. Faith makes God's facts or truths become a reality in my experience. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that's the facts. See, a fact isn't a promise, it's not something that we're hoping for, it's a fact. Two plus two equals four. Jesus is the life. The power comes from him. Our life is hid with Christ in God. That's what the word said. And when Christ who is our life shall appear, then shall we appear with him in glory. Another illustration is there was fact, faith, and feelings. Three people. Just to think of it this way, sorry. Three people and they're walking along. Fact was walking along very firmly. Then there was faith coming behind. And then, of course, feelings was walking, walking along like this, you know. And now, after a while, faith wondered how feelings were going and turned around to look at feelings. And they're walking along a plank, you could say. So faith all of a sudden loses its balance and falls off. And, of course, feelings fall off after it. And so often that's what happens to us in life. We lose sight of the facts. We lose sight of where our life and where our resources come from in Christ Jesus our Lord, yeah? So just making shipwreck and concentrating on your feelings and getting down and depressed, that's not the normal Christian life. See, it's a normal round here for us to rejoice in the Lord, for us to sing praises, for us to feel the life of Christ flowing through our veins. I love what David shared with us in communion. The, our veins taken the life of Christ every area of our body. He shed his blood so that his blood would flow through our veins. His life, same life, eternal life. That's what we live. We don't wait to go to heaven to live it. We plug in now into the facts and that life flows through us. Eternal life. See, if we resort to our senses to discover truth, we will find that Satan's lies are true of our experience. Sickness, disease, 
depression, lack, lack in our lives, feeling down, feeling heavy, worry, concern, anxiety. I've had all of those. But so often we talk about our senses. I feel sick. I wonder if I'm going to get another sale in my business. I wonder if this is going to happen. What if this happens? You see? Senses, it's all about our senses. See, if we refuse to accept as binding anything that contradicts God's word and continue to have faith in him alone, we will find instead that Satan's lies will be, begin to dissolve and our experience will begin to align with the word of God. And that healing will manifest and that provision will manifest. That's great testimony from Charlotte this morning. God just blows me away as he's just doing so much. The more you talk about that, the more you highlight it, the more it's going to happen. Because we're looking to the Lord, we're not looking to ourselves. What a difference. There's a big difference. There's a big difference. We're not dead in ourselves, we're dead, uh, but in Christ. We're crucified with him two days ago because we were with him. <laughs> God had us there. You ever heard about being a twinkle in your father's eye? God shows us in Christ from before the foundation of the world. Thousands of years ago, that's time. God lives in eternity. God, you were around in the heart of God before you were born. He was very interested in your birth, but he was interested in the plans that he had for you that he talked about in Jeremiah about three days ago, <laughs> way back in the Old Testament. I know that the plans that I have for the... You, says the Lord, plans to prosper you, to give you a hope and a future. Every true experience we have means that we have discovered another fact in Christ. God reveals to us, by His Spirit and by His Word, another fact in Christ. Revelation. Revelation. I could teach your brain, but your brain will soon be busy with the things of life throughout the rest of the week. God will give you revelation into your spirit, and you'll never forget it. You'll never forget it. It'll give you life. We'll forget the teaching, but we won't forget the revelation when, we, when he reveals through his word and by his spirit something to our spirit. So important to go to God and get those revelations, to seek out the facts for ourselves. I know you give plenty of time to the feelings, Come on, don't try, and, don't try and kid me. I know that. And I know you spend a bit of, quite a lot of time over faith. But I just wonder how much time you're spending gardening, finding out the facts and questioning why for yourself, assessing it, mulling it over, meditating on the Word. Why do you meditate on it? Because you want to assess it and find out what is the concrete facts that I can believe in, receive, and walk in. That'll be life-changing. God has put me in Christ, as we've already discovered. I discussed this morning, we weren't around then. When Jesus died on the cross, we weren't there physically anyway. We were there as a twinkle in our Father's eye. But God has put me in Christ, and therefore all that is true of Him is true of me. Don't worry. The Word says man looks on the outward appearance. I'm talking about something that you can maybe not be able to see, but hopefully it does come... What's in the well does come up in the bucket. Hopefully there is a glow in my life 
and I'm not just a dead, dull light bulb with no power. There's plenty of those, a dime a dozen. Plenty of Christians like that, dime a dozen. But praise God, there's some believers that have life, and it flows through their veins, that eternal life. Yeah. Woo. No credit to them. No credit to me. All credit to him. There's only one man that God's interested in about. He's not interested in... He's interested about Christ in me. It's Christ in me, the hope of glory. Yeah. We cannot take pride in what Jesus is. We can be proud of him, but it's not self-pride. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 30 says, But of him, that's of God, you are in Christ Jesus. I know you thought that it was because you came and gave your heart to the Lord. I know you think that. I know you think that you made a good decision one day, but God made a better one. He decided to send his son to be your savior. I know that. And at any rate, you can give that filthy heart that was deceitful above all things and desperately wicked to a righteous and a holy God. And I know you think that's a credit to him, but it's not. He gave you Jesus. He gave his son. He's the giver, not you. But of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God, righteousness, not you, Jesus, not by something you do, by something he is. As he is, so are we in this world. And sanctification, that's made holy, set apart. He's that. If you're enjoying him and the light's shining through you, you'll be set apart. You won't have to concentrate on, on trying to be different from other people. You'll be different. You'll be different, all right. You'll have a glow about you. People will walk past and see a smile on your dial, and they'll say, what's, what's going on? Why are you so happy? I had a newspaper reporter stop me in the last 12 months in the, in the street and say, why are you so happy? Everywhere you're going, you're happy. All I said to them was, how are you going? Good day. You know, he goes, you're always happy. It makes a difference. Isaiah 26 verse 3 says, you will keep him in perfect peace, the one whose mind has stayed on you because he trusts in you. Not because he's trying to make a difference in his own life, concentrating on his feelings, concentrating on how much faith he's got. No, no, he's got... He's concentrating on the matter, the facts, Christ himself, the hope of glory. So sometimes we need to stop, let go, and let God come back to where all our resources come from. We need to stop complaining and go and praise the Lord. That's what Paul and Silas did. They had, a, they had more reason to complain than you did. Once they'd been whipped and beaten within an inch of their life, thrown into the Philippian jail. You can read that in Acts chapter 16. And they didn't just carry on complaining. They, at midnight, they decided to have a party and they started praising. They thought, there's no use complaining. We're just going to praise God because we're victorious regardless of the feelings. And they probably didn't feel 100% after that beating. It was a beating that above all beatings. It was terrible. Stop believing you're sick and go declare by his stripes you have been made whole. That's what it says in Isaiah. Stop praying for a new job. It's good to pray. Don't just pray though. If you pray and pray and pray, well really, how many times? God's not deaf, nor is he dead. He can hear you. Go and thank him for being your provider. Thank you, God, that you do Jehovah Jireh. And that job I need, it's on the way. I thank you that you're going to bring it for me, and I'm just going to trust in you. Stop declaring your demise every day through this tongue. 
and go and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead and you'll be saved. Hosanna, save now. You can be saved now. Just stop, let go and let God. Believe in your heart, 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 heart. It's not hard heart, soft heart, I hope. Not hard heart. <laughs> Believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. Where? In your heart. Where is he going to be raised from the dead? In your heart. I'm putting a bit of a twist on that. Believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. He's the first fruits among many brethren. It's going to be in your life, in your innermost being, that well of living water will be springing up and you'll be saved. And you'll walk in that salvation every day. But don't come back to your feelings. Don't even spend a whole time trying to have more faith because you only need a little bit of a grain. You've already got that. You read the Word and you got it because it comes by hearing, hearing by the Word. You only need to read one verse and you got a grain. No problem. But come back to the facts. Find out for yourself what the gospel really is. It's not all about you. It's all about Him. A glorious man that God has sent and received back into Godhead. But more than that, He's received you back in Him. And so Philippians 4 verse 13. See, I've got four minutes. We can have some music. Four minutes, but don't cut me short. Ruth. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I believe that. That's a fact. Yeah. It's really time for all of us just to stop, to let go, and let God. I know we look in the mirror a lot, but just let you lift your eyes beyond the hills. Find where your help comes from. Our help comes from the Lord, the creator of heaven and earth. He is our house. God is our house. We find our lives in Him. And suddenly, we then will become a temple of the living God. This is a bit brown and earthen color, earthen vessels. We're all earthen vessels. We came from dust in the beginning. But then God breathed into man's nostrils the breath of life. And God wants to breathe into your life, into this earthen vessel, eternal life. But you'll only know about it in your head and you'll never experience it unless you just stop all that nonsense, all that feeling stuff, feeling goody stuff, you know? Just stop it. Let go. Don't, don't, don't whip yourself up. I'm not going to whip you. You need more faith. You're not healed because of this. Nor judge someone if they're sick. They might be having an exam with God. Just don't, don't, who said you're the judge? Don't judge them if they're sick. Who knows what God's up to? I'm glad I've realized I'm not the judge anymore. Praise God. We leave that up to Him, and He's a righteous judge. It's not about the feelings. It's not even about the faith. It's about the facts. Jesus is, is who it's about. God's man. Praise God. Let's worship Him. Come on. I'm not even going to make an altar call because that'll be all about you doing something for God. That'll do be about you giving something to God. Just accept the facts. It's done. Come on, let's stand up and rejoice in that fact.